How's it going everyone? This is Eric from Geeks Crossing, and welcome to another episode where I give a quick review for any new game that's been released. Judging by the title for this episode, it has to do with Kirby. It's March 2023 as of the making of this episode, and if you're a Kirby fan like myself, you know that the latest Kirby game just came out not too long ago, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which just so happens to be a remake to a certain Wii game of the same name. For those who don't remember, that game was actually part of my top 10 favorite Wii games list and for good reason, so I was very excited to see it being remade for the Switch. However, remakes in video games tend to be a hit or miss sometimes. <clears throat> Pokemon Gen 4 remakes! <clears throat> but we're talking about Kirby, folks, and his remakes are never a disappointment. Hell, my favorite Kirby game of all time is a remake. That, of course, being Kirby, Nightmare in Dreamland for the GBA. But I'll save that for a future episode. The point is, a remake to Kirby's Return to Dreamland sounded promising, but was it worth all the hype? That's what we're going to figure out in this episode. I'll be going over the story, gameplay, and any new features they added. Remember, this is all based off my opinion, so if you disagree on certain things I have to say, that's fine. Also, spoilers for those who haven't played the original game or haven't played this game yet. Then again, how often do you hear people get worried about spoilers in a Kirby game? Hmm. That being said, it's time to talk about Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. We'll begin by talking about the story, the one thing about Kirby games people either love or don't care for. Kirby and his friends are just hanging out, minding their own business, until a giant ship crashes into Popstar. They meet the pilot named Magalore, who needs their help to repair his ship so he can return back to his home planet. So Kirby, King Dedede, Meta Knight, and Bandanity travel to different parts of Dreamland to find the five pieces they need, along with many energy spheres. Eventually, they do repair the ship, but get ambushed by a four-headed dragon named Lendia. I hope I said that right. Who has a prior history with Magalore. Kirby and the others manage to defeat Lendia, but Magalore reveals his true motive. It turns out, he wants to get rid of Landia so he can obtain the Master Crown and become the most powerful being in the universe. But thanks to the combined efforts of Kirby and his friends, Magalore gets defeated and is banished to another dimension as our heroes rejoice that Popstar is safe once again. So yeah, a pretty simple story, and I believe it's the first Kirby game to feature an ally who turns out to be a twist villain, though I could be wrong. Some people may find this storyline to be redundant, but I think it's kinda cool to see Kirby attempt it. That plus it's not too often that we get a game where DDD isn't brainwashed by whatever random ass villain Kirby comes across. That alone is the textbook definition of redundant. Then again, you can argue the same thing with Bowser always kidnapping Peach, or how a Pokemon region leaves the fate of the universe to some random kid. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Still, it's not that bad of a story. Yet the remake adds a new post-game story you can unlock after you beat the game. Of course, I'm talking about Magalore Epilogue, the Interdimensional Traveler where you play as Magalore who tries to regain his powers by collecting pieces of this mysterious fruit called the Gem Apple. So yeah, if you're a fan of Magalore, then you'll enjoy this story, because we usually never see what happens to the main villain of a Kirby game once he or she is defeated, because for the most part, they always die by the end of each game. However, the story felt vague at times, especially towards the end because you never find out what Magalore's next big plan is. Honestly, we don't know if he's turning over a new leaf or plotting something sinister because the game doesn't bother to tell us. Although, the latter seems more likely because of how much trouble he caused in the main story, and maybe you can argue that Sakurai wanted fans to think about their own conclusion for Magalore. Regardless, both the main story and epilogue have their own special charm to them, but what about the gameplay? Well, if you're a diehard fan of the Kirby games, you already know what to expect. Kirby can run, float around, and inhale enemies to copy their abilities. The only difference is that in this game, four players can take control of Kirby and his friends which is something I briefly talked about when I listed my favorite Wii games. Even though they don't share the same abilities as Kirby, 
Their differences is what makes them fun to play as. We have King Dedede whacking things left and right with his giant-ass hammer, Meta Knight showing off his impressive swordsman skills, and Bandanity showing everyone that he deserves to be in Smash Bros with his amazing spear and beautiful silky blue bandana. <laughs> However, what makes Kirby's gameplay stand out even more is all thanks to the new mechanic they introduced from the original game, Super Abilities, where Kirby can swallow a supercharged enemy and dish out an amplified version of a certain copy ability. This includes, but not limited to, Ultra Sword, where Kirby can summon a giant sword and other types of blades that slice down opponents and other hazards around him. Monster Flame, where Kirby summons a giant wave of fire across the field. Snowball, where Kirby turns into a giant snowball and rolls over enemies, and so much more that really adds to the versatility Kirby has. But, uniqueness doesn't stop there, because we have a couple of new copy abilities that weren't featured in the original game. Such as Sand, where Kirby can summon waves of sand towards enemies. Mecha, where Kirby can blast energy beams and fly around with a jetpack. It's pretty much a low-budget version of the gameplay from Planet Robobot. <laughs> and Festival Kirby, where Kirby can annihilate enemies just by dancing. That ability has every right to become a meme. <laughs> However, it wouldn't be a Kirby game without certain collectibles you can find in each level. In this case, we have the Energy Spears, which are used to power up Magalore's ship. Well, at least in terms of the story. In terms of gameplay, these little sparkly gears will give you access to many missions and minigames you can play between levels. Some are easy to find, while others... Not so much. That's right, I'm talking about you, gear number 2 from stage 2 of White Waivers. Hmm. Speaking of which, the levels and boss fights are pretty much carried over from the original game. I don't know if I have a favorite per se. Well then again, Onion Ocean was one of my favorite beach scene levels from video games, so I guess it's my favorite? Whatever. Maybe I'll do an episode listing my favorite levels from Kirby games. God, who knows how long that will be. Hmm. And since I mentioned minigames, I might as well mention the other new mode they added in the remake. Mary Magolan. A massive park that's owned by Maglor where you can partake in a series of minigames either by yourself or with your friends. Thankfully, we have returning favorites like Samurai Kirby or Bomb Rally, and a couple of new ones like Booming Blasters or Maglor's Tome Trackers. Each of them were fun in their own way, but I'd be lying if I said there was one I didn't enjoy. And yes, I'm referring to you, Kirby on the draw. Hmm. Either way, each minigame has their own set of missions that the more you complete, the more stamps you can redeem on your stamp rally. And with the more stamps you get, the more prizes you can unlock for Kirby and his friends. It could be something simple like a bottle to regain health, or random copy ability, or, most famously, a crap load of different Macs for Kirby to wear. Even some of the most obscure and forgotten characters are represented, which is freaking nuts. However, I didn't bother collecting every Max because I'm not that obsessed, which is also why I didn't bother completing every mission from each minigame because I care about my sanity, although I was crazy enough to beat all of them on every difficulty. Because why not? This game is easy enough. That is until you unlock extra mode, but that's besides the point. Anyway, the more missions you beat, the more crowded Magor's Park becomes with having some bosses pay a visit, as well as golden statues of certain characters appearing in the plaza. Damn it! It's Kirby in the Forgotten Land all over again! <laughs> Speaking of Magalore, I might as well mention his gameplay during the epilogue, and let me tell you, it's nothing like any of the four main characters you played as so far. He can shoot energy projectiles, teleport through solid obstacles, create a barrier to protect himself, or even summon a freaking black hole and so much more. Every level in the epilogue has Magalor collect magic orbs which can be used to upgrade his skills. Not all of them have to be a max level to beat the epilogue, but if you want extra power, by all means go for it. I'll admit, some of the levels can be a little tedious if you don't initiate the proper special move at the right time, but I still had fun nonetheless. Other modes you can do after a story is arena mode to rebattle bosses from story mode, a staple from the series at this point, and extra mode which is essentially this game's expert mode. So if you thought the game was too easy and you're looking for something that's more ball-busting, then extra mode is for you. 
I, on the other hand, didn't have time to finish extra mode, so I'll leave it for you guys to experience it yourselves. Cut me some slack, people. I am a hardworking adult, yet here I am, sitting down, speaking to a mic, and geeking out about Kirby. Honestly, if that's not a mood, I don't know what is. So yeah, pretty solid gameplay, but there's a few things that still bug me. Aside from irritating puzzles and not being able to restart levels if you miss a certain collectible, which now that I remember is kind of a staple for these games, but the minigames where you have to beat a time limit with a certain ability, suck. Yeah, I didn't enjoy those missions whatsoever. Now, I don't mind time limits, but what I do mind is unfair enemy placement, platforming, and puzzles that made me restart these missions more times than I care to count. I've tried everything from sprinting, attacking early, or using shortcuts, but I can never get that gold medal or even a silver medal, so I had to settle with crappy bronze medals. You know, it's better than nothing. Besides, even if I did torture myself to 100% this game, the only prize I get is a golden Kirby Max to wear. I don't know about you guys, but the color gold is now becoming a nuisance to me when it comes to Kirby games. <sighs> and that's pretty much all there is for Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. What do I think? Once again, it's another solid game and a great remake. I know some people still prefer the original game, and the problems are unavoidable, but I really appreciate all the new features this remake has to offer. In terms of rating, I'll give it the same rating I gave to Kirby in the Forgotten Land, which is an 8.5 out of 10. Now, is it better than Kirby in the Forgotten Land? I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Anyway, if you play Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, what did you think of it? Feel free to let us know on our Discord server, or DM us on Instagram. At Geeks Crossing, continue to listen to us on all major listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. Tell your friends and family about us, especially any Kirby fans you know. Also, if you want to watch some high-quality gameplay, head over to Twitch and check out E-Man the Legendary, which is also my YouTube channel, Keith and Nick at Nuclear Bacon to CryptoLock Games respectively, and of course Carabyte featuring our secret fifth member, Tyler. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.